the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, while I was away for the Christmas and New Year's holiday, and you were enjoying the holidays, uh, one thing that did not happen, crime did not take a holiday. And this is just a horrific story out of Upper Sandusky. And um, I've been through Upper Sandusky a couple times. Probably you have, too, on your way to Sandusky if you go to Cedar Point or many times. You might have business up there. There's a a big uh, agricultural food plant up there. Kalmbach Feeds is located in Upper Sandusky. Oh, this is just horrific. Um, Sunday afternoon, a Dollar Tree store in Upper Sandusky. Uh, 22-year-old woman, Karis Rebel was working the counter when in walked 27-year-old Bethel Beckley with a machete. He proceeded to uh, hit Mrs. Rebel. She is a wife, was married last fall. Uh, he struck her several times with a machete and killed her, murdered her right there in front of other people in the store. Now, we do not know if uh, these two had any familiarity with uh, each other. Um, Karis Rebel is um, she's a young bride. The wedding picture of her and her husband um, is heartbreaking to see uh, her She's a very diminutive uh, young lady, and she would have had uh, no chance at all to fight off this uh, deranged, twisted person uh, who murdered her. She's a 2019 graduate of uh, Winford High School in Bucyrus, and uh, Crawford County now reports that she is being remembered as a light to all who knew her. Uh, The uh, post on the... uh, School's Facebook page yesterday uh, read that Karis was a beautiful soul with a faith-filled heart. She exuded genuine kindness to everyone she met, and her smile was unforgettable. She will forever live in the hearts of the Winford community. First thing I thought of was um, just a day or so before, there had been a machete attack in New York City Mm. on New York police officers, and I immediately thought, I wonder if this person... You know, was triggered yeah. and decided, okay, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, we don't That's know. That's what I worry uh, about. We assume yeah. we will get um, some kind of clarity on this. Um, I'm going to assume this person is uh, is crazy, is evil, is not even arguable, his uh, level of evil, he's gripped by. Um, so that is just heart-wrenching. Uh, We have another 
situation here in Columbus where a um, a murder. Well, no, it's not. A, it's not a murder. It is a death of a young person is going to be and is being co-opted by activists, including uh, U.S. Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, who never ceases to seize upon uh, the death of someone black at the hands of someone white to further her own political power. Uh, You will be hearing, if you haven't already, of 13-year-old Sinze Reed, a young black uh, child, young black uh, uh, boy, who was shot in October at the Columbus Hilltop apartment complex uh, where he lived. You say, well, why haven't I heard about this before now? Well, because people like Joyce Beatty just now found out about it, or apparently because, you know, Joyce Beatty can't pay too close attention to teenagers, young black teenagers being gunned down in the city of Columbus, or she wouldn't get anything done in Washington, D.C., because there's one that dies in Columbus virtually every week. But... What differentiates Sinze Reed from the others is that he was not killed by another young black teenager. And so Joyce Beatty finds those all easy to ignore. But when you have a white guy who did the shooting, well, then that's something Joyce Reed can make work to her political advantage. And so she is trying. And so is the family of Sinze Reed. Now, listen, I know some Columbus police officers who I have spoken to about this particular case. And I can just tell you that the person who shot Sinzer Reed, Sinze Reed, would definitely be under arrest and likely incarcerated unless he posted bond if police had the inkling that he did commit a crime in firing his gun and shooting and killing Sinze Reed. But the fact that charges were filed against the shooter and that charges were then dismissed against the shooter tells you that the investigative examination of these events in October that led to Sinze Reed dying render it in the opinion of prosecutors and police as a self-defense act. Otherwise, this person would be charged with some kind of a crime, felonious assault, murder, first degree, second degree, third degree, but he is not charged. And you say, why don't you give me his name? Because until he is charged, I don't see any point in giving you his name. Because if he was fired upon which would precipitate him returning fire, then I see no reason to lift his name up for humiliation as he's already no doubt getting plenty of that from the people who are insisting that their own twisted idea of justice be observed. The uh, mother of Sinze Reed, understandably, is grief-stricken as would anyone be, I do not. Um, I do not want to deny her her grief, and I do not want to criticize her for wanting someone to be held accountable. But the fact of the matter is, the people who have a 
dispassionate and even-handed, a nonpartisan view of this, have looked at the circumstances and have obviously come to the conclusion that no crime was committed. Will they continue to investigate it? Yes. If they find out there's a crime committed, could there be an arrest? Yes. If there is, will I mention the guy's name? You better believe it. But as of this point in time, I find it interesting that a press conference downtown over the weekend, and they're going to, they're pledging to hold a protest at the State House on Saturday, and they're going to storm Columbus City Council to, and I quote from the dispatch story, call for the immediate re-arrest of the person who is not charged and pressure the Franklin County Prosecutor's Office to take action. Uh, In other words, they're insisting on vigilante justice because we have a system in place so the system can be observed, so the investigative process can be undertaken, and then the outcome will be whatever the outcome is. And we have to trust in that system. The Columbus Police Department um, noted, I think it was late Friday or over the weekend, uh, in an attempt to continue to be transparent. Mm-hmm. That's that's their key words, transparency, sure. and that's great. Um, they referenced this case and indicated that the um, suspect had said that he would he had returned fire that mm-hmm. he was fired upon keyword return returned upon. fire yes. right so because of that information they continue to investigate and they will issue new charges if warranted mm-hmm. i also saw a piece over the weekend uh probably channel 6 indicating that they had interviewed his family member and the family member said that his vehicle was riddled with bullets. Yes, I saw that same story. So, that. yes, whether that that is from that date or not, we don't know we don't yet. Know. Right? Don't know. They will but certainly the, be able to take the bullets from any true. any weapon they would have recovered. Correct. Yeah. At the scene, off Sinze Reed, if he had one, they would be able to recover that weapon and match it to any bullet holes if they exist in the truck in That's which right. this gentleman was riding. Yeah. So, so the investigation continues. Yes, Columbus police say that they are aware of the public's interest in the case, and they're going to keep investigating it. Uh, the template here is like the family of Andre Hill. They waited for the process to work. Hopefully cooler heads, as in that case, will prevail. Said in the previous segment, uh, Crime did not take a holiday during the holidays. The horrific story from Upper Sandusky, uh, where the uh, 22-year-old newly married woman was murdered by a crazed lunatic with a machete. Well, that's just one instance of what happened as 2022 ended and 2023 began. There were two fatal New Year's Eve murders in the city of Columbus that pushed the murder total for the year, to 140. Now, that is a decline from last year's 205 and a decline from the previous year's 175. But 140 murders is still more than the city of Columbus had in any year from 2015 until 2021. So while the mayor, Andrew Ginther, and his law enforcement 
people may say that, well, look, the uh, murder total is down an eye-popping percentage. It proves that our ideology and our agenda is working. No, it's not working. Um, Because on New Year's Eve, a 15-year-old girl was found laying in the street in the 1200 block of Atchison in the Mount Vernon neighborhood, uh, dead of a gunshot wound. We have no further information on that, nor do we have any information or suspects in the murder of 19-year-old Jabez Battle. Uh, Jabez Battle, a young male, also shot to death. So um, this has been, I think, one of the all-too-routine circumstances that have happened in the capital city in 2022. And it does not look like this is going to change at any time soon because while the pandemic is behind us and we're back in school and the Columbus City school teachers have their fat new contract and they're not planning a strike like the teachers in Akron are planning to do next week, uh, hopelessness in our inner city is still at a problematic level because people's incomes are not keeping up with inflation. Because our juvenile justice system in the city of Columbus is an utter joke. We do not want to hold people accountable for their own actions. Uh, I'm going to give you an instance of uh, my own experience with this over the weekend. It has nothing to do with crime, but it is indicative of the fact that we want to not go anywhere near any kind of personal accountability. There is a commercial running on television. You will see it for a fitness drink. Now, if you're going to advertise a fitness drink, the people who would appear in the commercial, if if I were doing it, would be people who would reflect a certain level of fitness to which I would think others would aspire, right? Like, you put people in commercials because you want to subliminally build an association in the mind of the viewer between the product and the person you see in the commercial. For instance, you will notice that when they advertise a new car or a new SUV, what do you often see the vehicle doing? That's an SUV. You might see it going up a mountain, right? Or doing something that looks like really fun and adventurous. Wow, I'd like to do that. Well, if I'd like to do that, maybe I ought to get that vehicle. Or if you're buying a car, what do they have the car doing? Oh, the car is like going along the coast, of California, and the ocean is there, and the sun is setting, and there's no other cars on the road to mess up your day. This is how advertising is done, right? They build into your mind the idea that, hey, if I buy this product, that will be me. Well, this fitness drink now is being advertised, and one of the three people in the commercial is, there's no other way to say this, morbidly obese. Morbidly obese. Now, I will say she has a remarkable uh, degree of balance for being morbidly obese because they show her doing yoga in the commercial. But I noted on social media over the weekend that this person in this commercial is morbidly obese. And this is not something you should aspire to be, which obviously this company is suggesting you should not be the least bit concerned about this. Well, I don't agree with that. 
And I don't think it's good for America that we just sort of look the other way and say, oh, here's a morbidly obese person. But that's fine. In fact, it's so fine that you should aspire to that by buying this product. This makes no sense to me. Well, the pushback I got, you don't, I mean, how dare you make a judgment? I made no judgment about her other than an observation. My observation is she's morbidly obese because if your eyes work, you can see that. But the degree to which we go in this country to not hold people personally accountable for their actions, whether it's in the Columbus juvenile court system or whether it's some quote unquote fitness model on TV is astounding to me until we get to the point where we're going to have some personal accountability for failure. If we have a lot of teenagers shot and killed in the city of Columbus, if we have a lot of teenagers who are stealing cars in the city of Columbus, and do we have that? Yes, we do. No one, not even the mayor, can argue that we don't have a lot of teenagers murdered and a lot of teenagers committing very serious crimes, or at least what used to be considered very serious crimes before we took a vacation from personal accountability for actions. And now we just don't even, here's a way we can fix our high serious crime rate is we'll just reclassify stealing a car from a felony to like a fourth degree felony. I mean, it's just basically like a serious parking ticket. So we have two teenagers murdered on the final day of 2022 and then we start the new year, two and a half hours after the ball drops, with a 28-year-old man. And we go, 28, oh, 28. 28 is young. 28 is super young. Charles Westbrook fatally shot at a strip club. So they were celebrating the new year at the strip club. A fight breaks out. Five people get shot. Charles Westbrook, 28 years old, dead last night, Monday night. Shot dead another person at a Shell gas station, 4431 Cleveland Avenue, Cleveland and Morse Road. Police are looking for a gold infinity. Person shot dead with multiple gunshot wounds. Again, I say, filling up your car with gas in Columbus, Ohio, should not be something that gets you killed. This is at least the third person in the last, what, two months who's been murdered at a gas station in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, speaking of hopelessness in the inner city, Columbus police are searching for and have filed murder charges against four teenagers. 17-year-old Casey Russell, 15-year-old Hunter Krause, 14-year-old Markel King, and 14-year-old Brent Boggs. Will Joyce Beatty be tweeting about these young teenagers who were charged with the murder of recent Hilliard Bradley graduate Thomas Ritzo the third? I don't think so. I don't think Joyce Beatty will hear about this because she can't twist it into something that can further her political power. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.